Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, March 8th. If someone tells lies about you, respond calmly with dignity. If a comment is required of you, you might say, my critic has missed the mark this time, but is it an issue that I'm imperfect? The perfection I seek is a blessing I wish for him also and for everyone. Swamiji gives us these wonderful suggestions about how not to react. How just not to feel that every little thing that people do around you um, has to generate some kind of response from you. People, the the, the fundamental point he's trying to get across, it's it's a very simple one, and I I think Master himself made the statement, you know, praise will not make me any better, and blame will not make me any worse. I am what I am before my conscience and God. And so what happens to us is that we begin to think that other people's opinions actually define us, that if they think well of us, that makes us better, and if they think badly of me, that makes me worse. And if I don't want to be worse and they say bad things, I have to react to those things and I have to try to get them to stop and I have to try to defend myself as if in the end, sorting out everybody's opinion of you actually in and of itself creates your character. It doesn't at all. You, you are what you are before your conscience and God. Your faults are not created because somebody points them out to you. And your virtues are not less merely because somebody doesn't believe in them. And your virtues are not created by somebody saying something about you. It either is or it isn't true. Now, <clears throat> in order to live up to these things, one has to be deeply relaxed and centered in oneself. And, and deeply grounded in the awareness of who I am, where truth comes from, how I stand in relation to truth, very calm in the acceptance of my faults and of my virtues, which is not so easy to do. And one of the ways we can find out how distant we are from the ideal is by how much we react. And people will do the darndest things for their own reasons. In Autobiography of a Yogi, when Yogananda's guru, Sri Yukteswar, is talking to him about how to behave, one of the things he says is many people try to make themselves tall by cutting off the heads of other people. When I was a child, growing up, I should say, my father had a great interest in social, social justice, And um, when we lived in Texas, in El Paso, Texas, which was really more the West than the South, so he could act without endangering the family. That's what I have to say. But he consistently and quietly worked to desegregate a number of places that by habit more than by law were still segregated. And then when he moved to California... I had forgotten this. I only just recently remembered it. He was part of a professional organization of 
college professors, the university club it was called, that didn't admit women. And he steadily and quietly and unrelentingly worked to get women admitted into that group. He just was a very um, egalitarian man and he wanted to stand for those things. And he raised us, all of us, um, on, on a little book which was called The Nature of Prejudice which just was a small book that was in our house, and I I read it several times in my life. And the premise of that book was really simple. Anybody who tries to say that someone is inferior is just trying, is somebody who, who needs the reassurance that somebody is worse off than them because they have no self esteem. It has absolutely nothing to do with the inferiority of others and everything to do with the weakness of the bigot. That's the nature of prejudice. People who are strong in themselves have no need for others to be inferior. But people who are weak in themselves need for other people to be inferior. So if you're attacked with criticism or with lies, as Swamiji is suggesting here, I mean, the the implication is these are negative lies rather than flattery, but if somebody's saying negative things about you, there's, there's two steps in your response. Is it true? You know, somebody came up to me once and told me you know, just what a terrible job I was doing in my responsibilities as a leader of the community I live in. And everything he said was actually very valid. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, he wasn't telling me that I was a witch or anything like that, but... I wasn't that good at what I was doing, and my my performance was filled with weaknesses. I wasn't surprised to hear it. My actual remark to him was, well, if I was really perfect at this job, do you think I would still be doing it? Meaning, of course I'm here to learn. That's not a shock to me. But other things people have said to me, they're just a projection of their own minds. They're really not about me. But whenever somebody criticizes you, the first question is, is there truth in it? Meaning, is there something I can learn? Not truth in it like, oh, I'm a terrible person, everybody knows I'm a terrible person. Because that's not truth. I mean, we're not terrible people, none of us, really. But is there something I can learn? Is somebody pointing out to me an area in which I'm trying to do better? And if it's not true, and they're just trying to make themselves feel better by being mean-spirited, they're just one reason or another they have a problem, then there's no need for you to make their problem yours. Because that's what happens immediately when you get agitated about it and you begin to fight with them and then they get the pleasure of just making a huge mess out of everything. And the whole energy of what they're trying to do is exacerbated. If you, it's, it's sort of like when somebody projects a negative energy to you or articulates a negative thought. The, the picture, which is a beautiful one, is if you're a brick wall, then that negative energy goes back at them and then it rebounds back at you and you're just sort of throwing it back and forth. The suggestion that was made is be a sieve. So the negative energy comes in you and just passes through you and then just goes on its merry way and you haven't amplified it by responding in kind. So... Is this easy? No. But when you feel yourself reacting, and and when we feel ourselves reacting, that's a very helpful sign. 
Because if I need to react to protect myself, that means that somehow they've touched a nerve in me. They've touched something that's delicate, that needs to be protected. And if it needs to be protected, then it's something that I need to think about. Maybe the the actual words aren't true, but why do I have to defend myself? As I was saying earlier, it's either true or it isn't true. And if it isn't true, what difference does it make? So this is one of those many, many instructions in this book where we have to sort of work it from all angles. It's not, it's not possible just to make ourselves feel better. It's just like it's, it, the, the, the human psyche is just too complicated. And we have past lives and all this subconscious energy. There's just so many <clears throat> forces at work. We can't just wish our way into perfection. But part of what causes us to uh, continue in wrong attitudes and wrong thinkings and wrong actions is a lack of self-understanding and a lack of self-awareness. And it's a little hard to see ourselves. And this is why um, God throws us into so much company with others. But others can, can be um, very, very helpful aids to us not merely when they're nice to us, but also when they're horrible to us. Because our ability to deal with other people's negativity and their ignorance is, is a, becomes a, a measuring stick for how much I'm at peace with myself. Swami Kriyananda, who was completely at peace with himself, was a very interesting example. There was, there was a, a time when he was subject to this um, lawsuit. It was a false lawsuit, but... It took a few years to unravel in which he was accused of every abuse that you can list out that a <clears throat> the leader of a large religious organization might be accused of. And many people just jumped on the bandwagon of writing him terrible letters and telling him how awful he was. And people who had nothing at all to do with him or were just at a distance, but they saw somebody whose head they could cut off, so they just went to cut it off. So this... This was up at, in the Nevada City community, Ananda Village. And there was this gentleman. <coughs> there was a, <coughs> excuse me a moment. <coughs> there was a gentleman who was one of our neighbors. His first, name, his first name was Michael. It doesn't matter what his name was. His name was Michael. And Michael was a, a distant neighbor who had really almost nothing to do with our lives at all. But uh, apparently he, he felt it was his duty <laughs> when the allegations of this lawsuit surfaced that he suddenly had a, a, some kind of an obligation to instruct Swami Kriyananda on everything he'd done wrong and what he ought to do now, what he owed to the world. And he wrote Swami this rather long letter. It was, it was multiple single-space typed pages. The man was a, actually, he was a writer. So I guess he just enjoyed himself. And he just uh, excoriated Swamiji for behaving in a way that Swami had never behaved. And then talked about all the things that Swami had to do now to make reparations. And I mean, the letter just went on and on and on. Swami read or looked at most of it. But the answer he wrote back, I absolutely loved. He, he wrote back and he said, now I'm not going to quote it exactly, but this was it. Swami said this a little more gracefully than I'm going to say it. 
But what he wrote back was, I recognize your name, and I know that you've been a neighbor up here for many decades. He said, but I have to say, honestly, if I passed you on the street, I would have no idea who you are. And I also must say that I'm very touched that you're so concerned about my well-being because I have to say, frankly, I haven't thought of you in decades. (laughs) Sincerely, Swami Kriyananda. (laughs) It was just so like, what a perfect answer. (laughs) Because what does it matter? I mean, the, the letter said everything about the man and nothing about Swami. Imagine having so little to do that, you know, you just want to, he needs a hobby, he needs a new job. It's just like, so that's how we have to think about it. And also, if people are lying to you, I'm lying about you, and you say, no, it's not true, no, it's not true, why are they going to believe you? I mean, that's also what happens. If they're lying about you, and you say, that's a lie, that's a terrible lie, they'll just say, no, it's not. Well, see, it's just like you to lie. I mean, just, you can't win. There's absolutely no way that you can win. The only way you can win is just to refuse to engage. But to refuse to engage from just a very calm and natural place. Yes, of course, like I said to my friend when he told me I was doing such a bad job, you know, is my imperfection a shock to you? That's how Swami puts it. Somebody says that you have this certain fault, and Swami says, well, I may not have that one, (laughs) because that's a lie. You know, you've missed the mark. I love the way he puts it. You may have missed the mark this time, but there's lots of other true things you could say about me. This isn't one of them, because there's no, no mistake here that I'm not perfect. I'm trying to be perfect, and I hope you're trying to be perfect, too. And that's a sort of a gentle corrective. But if you're trying to be perfect, why are you doing this? But it's not an accusation. You, you, you put out what is actually a corrective and what, what could be perceived as an accusation. But instead, you just put it out as, I wish you well. I'm trying to be perfect. I hope to achieve perfection. And my friend, I hope you achieve perfection too. Now, the implication is that you're not perfect yet. But there's, there's no way that a person can be defensive about that, you see? Swamiji, he was always looking to be helpful and harmonious, and he was always looking to, to have personal integrity. He never saw that there was, you know, being a doormat is not the same as being a spiritual person. You know, what, what we're working with now to, to be on the spiritual path is we're working with truth. And when somebody behaves horribly, there's no reason why you should just let them, you know? But you don't want to get yourself dragged down to wherever they're coming from. So you you have to stand strongly in your own reality, firmly and sternly if that's appropriate, or lightheartedly. If one can do it lightheartedly, that's the best. And that's what Swamiji is suggesting here. If someone tells lies about you, Respond calmly with dignity. If a comment is required of you, you might say, my critic has missed his mark this time, but is it an issue that I'm imperfect? The perfection I seek is a blessing I wish for him also and for everyone. God bless you, my friends. 
Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support ASHA, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.